Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, it's only your host Shagilala Salami and welcome to the Virtue Cafe and this is the Shagilala Salami show. Oh my good lord, I have had the worst day ever but I am not even going to bore you with it. Right. It's it's just been one of those days. I mean, it was bad enough that last year I kept my phone, you know, to unscrupulous people just kept trying to hack my website. And then for some reason, someone decided they were going to go to flag my YouTube channel. I mean, I don't post anything other than podcast episodes. So what is, you know, against YouTube um, guidelines as on my podcast channel for to go and flag it up? So, yeah, my YouTube channel has been temporarily suspended. So now I will try to go and get it unsuspended. But yeah, so, and it's been a day, let me not even go into too much details about that, but yes, who's going to keep me company today? Who have I got here? My nurse, my little human, she's at nursery today, thank God, because I don't think I've got energy to, you know, answer questions, but who have I got here with me? Anthony R. Howard is here. Hi, Anthony. I can't really hear you properly. Is your mic up? Oh, I'm turning it up now. Okay, is better? Yes. So how are you, Anthony? I am wonderful. I'm wonderful. It is a beautiful day across the pond. It's that that cusp right where fall is ending and winter is starting. So where I live in Atlanta, Georgia, it's usually very hot, but now it's cooled down, but the sun is still shining. So it's it's very nice, very, very cool, and, and things are good uh, uh, here. Just launched a new book. I'm very excited about that. So a whole lot of big things in, in technology and in authorship going on over here. Well, it's good that things are going all right. Well, haven't you had Misery Loves Company? I'm having a horrible day, and you're telling me about sunshine and cool weather? I, you know, I had to balance it, right? Because when you have a rough day, you know, you don't want to hear about anybody else's problems. Right? You're dealing with your own problems. So I'm going to bring <laughs> positive energy and sunshine in everyone's direction. That's what I'm going to do today. True, true, true. And nothing makes me feel better than a nice big bowl. Not bowl, well, it's, it's like a bowl of hot chocolate. So that's what I've got right hot now. Hot chocolate? If I had one, you'd have one. Yeah. <laughs> so would you like some hot chocolate, then? Mine is extra chocolatey, extra milky hot chocolate. I got you. Coming right up. Okay, perfect. Oh, you're bringing me another one. Okay, folks, he's taking over my cafe now. That's all right. I, you know what's in this mood that I'm in? I want someone else to get me the drink. What else would I like with this? I would actually like a tuna bagel. Okay, so, yes, get on up with it, Anthony. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. They got it. Order up. You know it's what? Coming. I need, I need I need I need all the liquid energy that I can get because you know for people who listen to my show over time you know you know that you know the last few weeks you know it's literally been back to back colds and you know sore throats and losing my voice and then being sniffly all over again so I have been to the doctors today and then they go well you know what let's just do a blood test you know just make like I'm feeling a tired and she goes you know being a mom and doing the whole pregnancy thing you know what seriously people never tell you the downside to going through you know, pregnancy and how all the different things it does to your body. Anyways, I've had to get blood tests done today, so I've given blood. Well, not given blood, but had blood taken. So, yes, now I need lots of lots of liquid in my system to try, try and replace that. But I'm not going to bore you with all of that stuff. 
Yeah. So tell me about well, you're not boring. Sorry. I just had my firstborn daughter, so I know firsthand about things you're talking about with going through right the, the doctor's visits and all that because I was there uh, with my wife during all that uh, pregnancy stuff. So I, I, you know, obviously I haven't been through what you're going through, but I've seen firsthand what you're going through, and it's nothing nice. So here to support you and. Um, Wish you the best because it is a beautiful thing when it's all said and done. Virtual hug, virtual hug, virtual hug. (laughs) (laughs) I feel it. I feel it. Seriously, right? People just do not understand, right, that being a mom, right, not, no, scratch that, it's not even about the motherhood bit, right? It's just literally your body just does not become. You lose your body, your body is no longer your own, you know. It's like, you know, you sneeze and you pee, you know, you have to run to the bathroom all the time. And it's like your plumbing doesn't work as it normally does, you know. Your body and all these things, but yes, let's not even get into that. Tell me about yourself and congrats to you and your wife. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Um, I am a best-selling award-winning author. Um, I have a lot of different awards. I've appeared on several national media outlets, and I wrote The Invisible Enemy Black Fox and The Invisible Enemy 2 Vendetta. It's a best-selling spy series. Um, studied Christianity for over 15 years, as well as secret societies, basic theology, and angelology, which uh, spawned the, the religious thriller I just launched called Devil's Diary, The Coming, which is about what would happen if the creator returned tomorrow. Uh, presently, I'm in Atlanta, and I work for one of the largest technology firms where I was rated number one IT superhero by InfoWorld and Computer World. That's like uh, the Wall Street Journal over here, the IT world. Um, winner of the National Federal Office Systems Award. That's the, the largest information technology exposition serving the government marketplace in America. Uh, and then several case studies have been published on my solutions across the technology industry. And currently, I provide uh, advisement for some of America's most distinguished clients, including a uh, sizable amount of work for the U.S. defense sector, Department of Justice, and Department of Homeland Security. Fabulous. Ooh, Fabulous. <laughs> I know that, that's quite, you know, it's quite, um, it's quite amazing. Um, so tell me, how did your journey, because, you know, you're award-winning author, you know, number one rated um, IT, IT person. So how did your journey start? You know, how did you start off in IT and, you know, technology then how did you get into um, publishing? So interesting story because I found that they were both intertwined even though I didn't know it at the time. So I started in technology very early. So uh, two decades ago, I started to build my own computer systems, and I got very good at it. And at that time, um, a little bit before – the Y2K scenario, um, internet was, was kind of emerging, right, 20 years ago. So everyone wanted to get on the internet. Everyone wanted, wanted a computer. So it was a really, really good business, and I got good at upgrading, fixing, and I took it to the next level, started my own business, and that's how I paid my way through graduate school. So that's how I first got, my, got into technology. Um, and then I said, how could I use technology to bring content to audiences, and that's how I became uh, an author or a real author. Right? I've been writing since I was a kid, but actually putting stuff out that people will actually read or, or pay to read, um, 
started that way. So the first book um, I wrote that hit the bestseller list, The Invisible Enemy, Black Fox, was written based on my time um, in the Department of Defense. So it's a book based on what's really going on behind the scenes in the Department of Defense, not what the movies show you, but what's actually going on. So based on real projects, real weapon mm-hmm. systems, right, real protocols, real real spy networks. And I had predicted um, a lot of things that actually came to pass, which is how the book became famous. So that is, that's kind of how that happened in, in the, the, the 62nd version. Um, and I wrote the book that I always wanted to read but had never written. And that's, um, yeah. that's a short story. And that's that's what I think um, brought some authenticity to the to the genre, where it's generally, um, you know, the movies just making stuff and making stuff up and putting it out there. You know, what I call fast food um, literary, <laughs> uh, literature, fast food literature, where it's it's you know not much nutrition, not much value, but it tastes good when you're hungry and it's cheap and it's easily consumable. So not not that, but something that uh, you can really that's really gonna tickle your fancy and you concepts where you read the book and you want to know more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're the expert, you know, and I like learning things. So what would you tell me? um, What do you think, you know, people like me and other authors, you need need to know with regard to technology and publishing or books? Well, technology in general, I like to know about the technology side of it. So what 10 things, you know, um, can you share with us that we need to know? I'll share with you. Uh, share with you a secret, okay. and it's not going to be a secret I reveal on on your show because it's world famous. But I'll say that um, not only is technology your friend, but technology can also not be your friend. So you have yeah. to be very careful as you build your brand as not only an author, but as a writer. So let me explain what I mean by that. So you as a person, right? You, my, my phrase, the catchphrase for clients is Google doesn't forget. So there's metadata all around that stores the information forever. And yeah. there are your searching habits, right? So when you go to a website and, and a habit or profile, a psychological profile is built on you based on where you go on your phone based on where you shop, based on what you buy. And all these things create a, create a profile of you without your knowledge of it. And then mm-hmm. this, these things run back and tell other servers right, who you are and so they can serve you ads to, to sell you more stuff. Now, what that also does, right, is it creates a profile of you. So if, if someone were to Google um, Anthony R. Howard book, all my books and stuff would, would come up. If they were to Google technology expert book, some of my books would probably uh, come up. But if I had a psychological profile built on something not so healthy and my name was attached to those not so healthy things, as we see what's going on in the, in the media all across the world, um, then when people Google that, those unhealthy things, my name would pop up and be associated with that. Even though I didn't do anything, right, but because right, my profile was mapped and people associated me to that, um, your brand can be derailed by, you know, what they call 
Big Brother. Um, now, on the happy side, uh, wait, before we go happy side, that sounds really scary, though. Please educate me some more because I was just literally my jaw dropped, right? Like this is just sounds, you know, like there was that movie and I cannot remember it, right? Where this woman wakes up, was it a woman or a man? Um, wakes up and he's or I can't remember who it was, and their identity had been stolen and everything and suddenly you're telling me that Google can derail your identity or your profile is really mind boggling. Please give us more bad news. But yeah, so let me so let me uh let me go a little bit further since there was some interest there. So uh, on the web what did you Google today or what did you search today on the web? Or if you didn't search anything today, tell me what you searched yesterday. Do you really want to know? I want to know okay. what did you so, say? Yes, so and even said, if it's even if it's inappropriate, then I really want to know. <laughs> I searched is lupus um, hereditary. Okay, so now because you searched that, and obviously when you search something, they know you're looking for something, and and you click on multiple links because you're searching for something or you're gathering information about something. That's why anyone searches anything. You, you put it in your search engine and you click the first link, and then maybe the second, third, fourth, fifth, until you find what it is you're looking for. Now, what Google has already done is they have taken that subject and now they're going to serve you ads based yeah. on that subject. Now, why would Google do that? Because they get paid each ad you click on. So yeah. it's in their best interest to know what you're going to do. Now, yeah. what are they also doing? Not just today's history or yesterday's history. They're taking what you what you searched yesterday and what you searched last week and what you searched last month, and they're building a profile on you. And then they're comparing this profile to other buyers. So people who shop for what you shop or search for what you search for, what did they buy? And then those are the ads are going to search you. So, so all your search history, right, it's not completely anonymous, right? It's, it's an algorithm not only built to get you the fastest results, but to serve you ads that you're more likely to click on. And they do that by building a profile on you. And then that profile can be mapped, right, to other things that may or may not be associated with you, just what Google thinks that you search and trying to guess why you search those things. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, get, I get that. But I think what so, – but then how, how – um, <clears throat> you know, like we were saying that how – if one of your books could then be associated with something junk, if you were searching for junk, how does that work? Okay. So let's take my book, The Invisible Enemy, Black Fox. Now, the book was written about um, spies that were planted here by foreign powers, which really happens, by the way. Mm. And in the book, this, a Washington Post reporter discovers a secret that will bring America to its knees. Okay? Okay. It's a real secret. I didn't make it up. Now, <laughs> because – now, I'm not going to tell the secret, but it's, it's, it's really juicy. Now, because, right, what actually I, 
was written about in the book came to fruition in the exact manner that I had predicted, same protocol, same spy, the way the spies were trained and recruited. And one of them even had a physical resemblance of the real spies that were caught. Uh, and then because of the terrorism that the world is now facing, now, right, they can call these, these spies terrorists. And since my book was predicted a lot of that stuff, so now, even though in my mind the book has nothing to do with terrorism, right, at that point in time, if you Google terrorism, yeah. my book would come up. I and that's, a, that's an unhealthy topic that I would have rather not been affiliated with. Um, but, you know, I can't help with the algorithm. So people who, you know, the search engines decided that people who Googled terrorism, people who searched terrorism, were interested in my writing. So <laughs> there were ads. Right to serve more ads, they they sent that book to folks who who Google that stuff, right? So that's what I was talking about with with even though I, you know I didn't write a book about that stuff, it was matched to that subject. But that's the the deeper darker side of, of technology, and the happier side is, hey, using social media, yeah. right? And and technology available now that weren't available when I first became an author. I mean, it's really it's a really exciting time. I mean, it's it's a beautiful time, right? There was no Kindle Direct and and all this, you know, Create Space and all this freedom. I mean, it was a, a few gatekeepers, and and then that was it. Or you could pay big bucks and go, um, what's now called self publishing. That was pretty much your only option. Now, mm-hmm. um, I just started my own publishing company, and, and that's exciting for me because um, there was a book that got me my first book deal and this was it was devil's diary the coming which is again the book about uh, what would happen if the creator returned tomorrow to earth um and it was decided that the publishing company didn't want to come out with that book because i i didn't have all these degrees and awards behind my name and case studies and, and all certifications and all that stuff. So I couldn't go on, you know, shows like this or on TV and on the radio and, and talk to, you know, a lot of the biblical aspects just because I didn't have that platform or the, or the credentials. So they wanted to come out with a spy novel because I was already speaking at technology conferences all the time and things like that. And I was very well known in, in the industry. So they came out with the spy novels first and then since that did so well then then the sequel and then you know the 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 devil's diary it never came out and at at Mm -hmm. the end they decided it was just too much of a risk even though it was the book that got me the book deal so 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 in order to put the book out i had to start my own publishing company company and i could i would never have been able to do that if technology, right, using social media, using the Internet, using, right, um, mediums to find cover designers, to find editors, to find, I mean, right now technology has made the world smaller, and you're able to bring, you know, the, the independent publishing is able to, to come to life, and, and everyone's able to, to at least have a, a chance at putting some quality writing out there. 
and that's what I think the, the great side of technology is. Um, and uh, I promise you two tips, I think, and, and I want to I want to talk about this one because it's very important. And and new authors, please pay attention to this because it's very important. When you sign with a publishing company, right, um, the industry has really changed. And it was once kind of predatory, but now it's very predatory. So let me give you an example. So if I did a book signing with a, with a traditional publishing house at Barnes & Nobles, uh, I would market the event because the publishing company wouldn't market it unless I was a super-duper-duper duper celebrity. Um, and then let's say I did a great job marketing it. 200 people came to the event. Uh, half of them got the book. So my book was priced at, uh, let's say, 20 bucks, and 100 people got it. That would be $2,000. So that should be $2,000 of, of money made that day. And how much do you think I would see under a traditional publishing house? Um, I guess it's variable. Is it like 25%, 30%, something ridiculous like that? On a traditional public house, not even on a great day. I will receive zero, and that's what, what? – zero because because you didn't sell the book – or they didn't buy the book from you. The 100 people bought the book from Barnes & Nobles. Barnes & Nobles bought the book from the Barnes & Nobles wholesaler, who bought the book from the Barnes & Nobles distributor, who bought the book from your publisher, who also paid to get the book printed. So by the time all those people touch – the pipeline, right, there's about a nickel left for you uh, per book, and you would get the 5 or 25% of whatever your publisher sold it to the distributor for, not 25% of the total proceeds. So people don't understand that, especially new authors. And it's very important that, 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 you, that you understand that 5% because they use terms – that don't mean what they mean outside the literary world, like terms like gross margin, which means profit, but they're talking about the gross margin between what they sold it to their profit and selling it to the distributor. So they may have sold it to the distributor for $9. So even though your book sold for 20, you're only getting that 25% of the $2 profit that they made. So it, 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 you know, 50 cents a book, if that, and, you will have to wait 180 days for it, and <laughs> it doesn't come at all. And you paid for your own gas to get there. You bought your own lunch, and you talked to 100, 200 people who came out and sold 100 books. So it didn't. So using technology, you can you can get around all that now. Using so many other different options, you can actually take your book and you know sell it yourself now. If you can, and there's a ways to create quality products using technology. So that was a, a very important benefit of technology. And that's what I did with Black Fox Imprint. And, you know, people say, oh, well, you're selling less copies. Well, that's fine, right? Do the math. So if I'm making $10 a book versus 50 cents a book, I don't have to sell as many copies. I don't have to sell anywhere near it. And it's just a mm. better experience because as a technology expert, I can do a lot of the, the marketing, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff, and I can hire cover designers and hire editors. And it takes a lot of work. Remember, right? Your book is going to be yours forever. 
right? Don't don't let somebody else take, you know, have you do all the work and then they ERSIP everything. So my experiences with traditional publishing house weren't that great, obviously. But now with technology the way it is, you can you can start. Now it is a lot of work, but to me it was it was worth it. So I always encourage new authors to really consider uh, what they want to know. Uh, and what they want to do with technology and publishing, because there are a lot of different options out there, especially when you have an idea that just traditional publishing houses don't want to touch yet. So a lot of them, they aren't ready. They're, they're busy pushing the fast food literature. <laughs> yeah. So. Then, oh, you with me? How many have we said now? Is that three or four? I'm sorry? How many? Because if you're going to get ten tips, so I've lost now. Is that three or four? Have you been counting? I, I lost count. I don't want to go over. So so I will, I will if I'm not at ten yet, uh, <laughs> I am going to do some more. So so I'm going to do some more because, you know, if I said ten, then, then we got to do ten. And I lost count, yes. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put – I'm going to put us at eight. So I got two more. So the first, oh, the second one is. I was thinking three. <laughs> You're the expert. I got the work to do. All right. So all right. Second thing, technology and public. So we, the, I just talked about um, kind of the, the rules of, uh, are are the key differences, a key difference of other methods of publishing versus yeah. uh, traditional publishing. And that's that's the if you listen to nothing else I say today, if you take away that it was it was time well spent listening to um uh, that 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 key. Now let's talk take, take take that key a little deeper. So how do you bring your idea to market using technology? Now, what a lot of authors don't understand is that it's different then, if you're over 40 anyway, um, it's different reading now than, than, you know, with the millennials coming out because we're in the age of now. Before, you know, with the Danielle Steele and Tom Clancy, right, you had 100 pages to build the story because you don't have 100 pages anymore, right? People are going to download the first chapter on Amazon because technology allows them to do that, and you better have something interesting to say within those first chapters. So you don't yeah. you don't really have I mean you're competing against with technology, you're competing against so many other authors, you have to be able to stand out and this is one of the ways you can do that. Having a really strong first couple chapters. Instead of taking that time to lollygag, right, you have to reel your reader in because a lot of folks are clicking on that read inside the book and they're gonna read through the first chapter online, they're gonna download it. And you know, people don't understand how important that is that with technology, folks can open your book virtually for free and read it just like they were in the library and then put it back on the shelf and read something else. And obviously they're going to pick up or buy what, um, you know, what was interesting, what drew them in immediately. So if Sally is taking a peaceful stroll through the park in Chapter 1, that that's not enough. But if, Shal- if Sally's being chased by uh, an unknown assailant, Right, that might be enough to get them to turn the page. So have something mm. there. All right. Um, number five. Yeah. The cover. 
Oh, no, no. That's, that's, I'm going to save that one. Number five is going to be with technology, you have the ability to select a quality, an interview, a quality editor. And a lot of new authors skip this phase because it's expensive. Don't yeah. do it. With technology, you can check the background of the editors. You can you can find out who the editor is of a book you like, and wanted it, and you know your book kind of mm-hmm. resembles, and reach out and contact that editor through their social media platforms or through their websites or things like that. Um, huge, right? Huge. And yes. Editing is the most expensive part of the the book building process. And people say, oh, I'll put it out and then get it edited later. No, don't. Because there's nothing worse than an unedited manuscript that's trying to masquerade as a book. With spelling and grammar errors, people are going to put the book down. You might have something great to say, but no one's going to take the time to read it. So use that technology to find and interview the right editors. Um, Next is going to be... Quick question. Quick question. Yep. What about editing software? You know, when I became an author, there wasn't that stuff around, so I've never used it. Now, I have read about it and researched it. It didn't, to me, it didn't do the job of a great editor. Let me explain what I mean by that. I'm not knocking the software because I haven't used it. But mm-hmm. for Devil's Diary, it was it was a book based in biblical in biblical prophecy. And biblical prophecy is certainly complex, uh, and there's a lot of interpretations and translations. So I actually mm-hmm. had the book edited by the Harvard Divinity School, and mm-hmm. with that. Right, they can not only edit for right grammar, spelling, blah blah blah, but edit for for content and edit for right prophecy interpretations of the prophecy. I mean, it was just a whole different level to editing, and nothing that software could have ever done. I mean, they were um, really deep in some of the the prophecy. I mean, went deep as as far as Hey, you know this interpretation. This and have you thought about this? And they, this isn't this is inaccurate. You want to change this because it's not actually what the Bible says. And or the interpretation is this. And so I mean, it was it was just, it just made the book spectacular. Having their you know profound academic insight and biblical insight and those expertise. So so I don't know much about the software, but I do know right. You get the right editor for your genre, especially somebody passionate about it. You're <laughs> your book will be made into a different kind of art, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you, I mean, it can put you on, on the next level, right? It could, and if you're writing nonfiction, right, it could help grow your business. If you're writing fiction, right, you will, you know, you can propel yourself to, right, the, the apex of whatever your genre is with the right editor who has the right knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few more, a few more, because I'll owe you 10. And I, I again, I forget what number we're on, but I'm gonna do for New York. So I'm gonna do, do a few more. So with the technology, I mean, a lot of authors again because of of you know stuff is expensive nowadays. But now with with these platforms, 
you know, um, one of them is is Odesk, and actually don't call it Odesk anymore. They call it Upwork. It Upwork bought Odesk. But anyway, Upwork is a place where designers and formatters all are listed and can be interviewed with their bios and their past work up there to, you know, where you can find an, a cover designer, website designer, whatever else. And, mm-hmm. and when I first came in office, these, these platforms weren't available, right? You had to, you either had to do it yourself or you had to know somebody. I mean, it wasn't, there was no central platform you could go to and say, Hey, I need a book cover and people will, you know, basically apply with yeah. their bio and, and copies of their own work. And and that was that's amazing now. And you know, that just wasn't around it wasn't around fifteen years ago. Um yeah. so using technology like that. Um then I'm gonna talk about some, some cooler stuff that but that people may not know and that's um how to use the keywords and yeah, how do you struggle with that one? And it's and it's tough because the way search engines work is they obviously not they don't they don't just match searches to keywords, but the really good ones, right? They use what's called backlinks. So yeah. the more people are the more links tracing back to your site push your site up in the search engine uh, algorithms. So the more people linking back to your site as a resource actually helps you. Now, now how is that relevant? So if you are, I don't know, a teacher and you wrote a book on how to pass standardized, how to get your kids to pass standardized tests or whatever, uh, and if people like it and link back to it, that helps you because now when someone types into a search bar um, how to pass standardized tests or how to get kids to pass standardized tests, you're going to be the first one to come up. Uh, another thing is using keywords in your description. So in my book, I actually had to do a, a reverse search. So I wanted to figure out, okay, people who purchase books based in biblical prophecy and based in the creator um, returning or people who like stuff like that, what do they search? And then using that, and, and terms came up like apocalypse. Search came up, you know, four horsemen. Things came up like angels. And so now I have to use those in the book, and I have to use those terms in the book description. That way, when people type in those search engines, it'll automatically map to my book in my description. Now, I know that sounds kind of hokey. You've already written the book, and now you got to go back and plug in these yeah, keywords. It's called keyword stuffing, and you're not allowed to do that. Uh, if you are, I'm, if you're not allowed to do that, I'm guilty because I do that, and it works. So keywords, like putting those in the metadata, right? Keywords are in my website. Keywords are in um, a lot of the books. Keywords are in 
everything. I had no idea you weren't allowed to do that. I, I mean, every author I've talked to, right, I've been to office conferences where they where they encourage that. So that's interesting. I wonder if, Maybe I wonder I'm if I'm going to get the wrong end of the stick, right? Because I, I thought you were talking about books. But if you're talking about from a blog post point of view, then yes. But the thing there, so um, again, and I am no expert, and you're the one, so you're going to school me now if I'm incorrect. Um, the, so something that I learned, obviously, so like something like a blog post, for instance, you know, anything you're writing out there, you need to have keyword and it needs to have the right density and whatnot. And I think I use Yoast SEO and it says that uh, uh, <clears throat> the recommended percentage for any keyword you want to use is 2.5% something like that, and you shouldn't really use more than, you know, more than that. But then for books, when I'm reading, so for instance, on Amazon, um, I don't use keywords that are sort of just in there. So, and this is stuff that I read in some other authors, um, you know, how to use keywords to improve the discoverability um, of your book. So for instance, um, what's I read at one point, and this, you know, like I said, you know, I am no expert, so you can school me if I'm incorrect. Um, and it's this whole reverse searching thing. Um, so when you're putting in the thing, you know, Google, um, Amazon will tell you not to use keywords that are already in the title of your book because um, that's not going to add any relevance. So in this book that I read, the guy says that, you know, for instance, children's book, right? So when you start typing, you then start typing children's books then you're going to see a drop-down menu of suggestions, right? And the ones at the top, you know, um, will be the ones that are searched more often than those that are at the bottom. And if the keyword you're trying to search for does not even come up with a drop-down menu, don't even bother using it because it means nobody's searching for it. So they're saying that you need to use keywords that people are actually searching for. And I think that's why the experts and the people who are in the know when they want to do a Google um, advert for you, they will go and do a bit of research on keywords to see which are the high competition um, keywords. But then what the person was also saying in this book, I can't remember the author's name and I can't remember the title of the book because I didn't think we were going to be talking about it today. And even if I had to search for it, I probably couldn't even find it. But uh, yes, anyway, so what he was saying is that when you then you know, go see the popular words, you then need to click into it and you will then see okay this keyword how many books does it display if it's one that has a high competition keyword say more than 100 books then you need to move forward because it means that the competition is really high and the chances of your book sticking out is like a needle in a haystack so you need to look for words that are being searched for quite frequently but has less competition. So if the book you yeah. had, say two hundred, sorry, definitely, definitely agree with. And they, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of articles and stuff on this about how to how to pick a kind of a genre that has less competition and um, that you know varying results with that. But you are one hundred percent correct with that. Um, Picking the keywords that that put you in a genre where there's not a whole lot of competition, where there where your book pops up first. I have seen that work. Uh, it didn't work for me. I because ne- I never tried that that particularly uh, because you know I am a spy novel writer and, and that's a really big genre. So I I tend to be 
in in those bigger dramas. That's what I read. That's what I'm passionate about writing. But yeah, you, I have seen that work multiple times, and it is definitely definitely good advice for those trying to get more exposure. Um, so I agree with you there. There is one more, and this is a free bonus for all your guests because with technology comes things like you said this morning that made your day bad, you know, identity theft and all that. So I wanted to give all your all your listeners a free gift today. And okay. if they go to my website, Anthony R. Howard dot org. That's Anthony R. Howard dot org. A N T H O N Y letter R H O W A R D dot org. There is a free article on the seven free ways to protect yourself from identity theft in the information age. And it's really cool. It's a really quick, uh, easy ebook. It's only um, less than five pages and just goes through some, some really free and easy to implement ways for anybody to protect themselves from uh, identity theft and security and, and data theft. So I thought that was important to, to bring up as you don't want anybody getting the access to your novel that you worked hard on, your cover that you worked hard on, or plagiarizing and stuff. So that's are stealing your identity and shutting down your, your YouTube channel or anything like that. That's no good. So these uh, this book can help everyone. Again, it's free. Uh, go on my website and you can click on um, projects or blog and in the when you click on it, it'll it'll come right up and you'll be able to download it. So that is uh, thought that'd be useful. Well, thank you very much. You know, you see, you just you know preempted me, so now I have no questions. Because normally I'll be like, okay, well I'm gonna have to kick you out of my cafe, uh, but then let's okay. Okay, are you on Twitter? Uh, you know, I do have a Twitter account, but because. My daughter has my seven-month-old daughter now has takes up all of my free time. I haven't tweeted in about seven months, so I'll <laughs> get my book, um, which is I'm a lot more active on um, Facebook.com/slash/TheInvisibleEnemy. Easy to find, okay. and uh, my address is also TheInvisibleEnemy at Gmail.com. Fabulous. Well, we've got two minutes in counting left in the show. Do you have any final words of wisdom, or should I just kick you out now? Uh, final words of wisdom is uh, there is not only um, just the new books I have out, but uh, I launched in the last the last tip was um, I launched an audio book and using technology in the studio, I brought a new product to market that's not a typical audio book, which which one narrator reads the whole book for ten hours. I have different actors reading the major characters, and then each scene has its own um, theater score, and then using technology, I inserted, you know, thousands and thousands of sound effects. So it's a new way, uh, a new product bringing to market for millennials or folks who just find audiobooks boring, and you can listen to you know, while you're driving or exercising, and it's really awesome. So it's the Invisible Enemy Black Fox audiobook. And uh, the free trailer is also at the beginning. What, what, how did you do it? So it was really difficult. And instead of paying for studio time, I opened a small studio, Brookline Studios. And there we actually had the actors come into the studio 
and, you know, do their lines. And then, you know, it took hours and hours and hours to mix, master, and insert the sound effects and the music into, right, um, the, the raw files. And then we changed those raw files, right, into a one master audio book that did really, really well and kind of changed the game. So um, I wasn't sure if, if audiobooks was, was relevant to the technology discussion, but I see now it is. I should have started off with my audiobook. But either way, they can still download a chapter of my audiobook for free, which is also on my website. And it's awesome. Well, yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, thank you so much for making the time to come out, and hopefully we'll get to see you again soon. Yes, yes. You must invite me back when your YouTube channel is up so you can see yeah. my one and all that good stuff. So I'm looking, to be, I'm looking, hopefully, if I am worthy, get it back, and uh, your audience shall love me again. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, it's only your favorite author and host, Shagimala Salami. Bye now.